0: This episode of This Week in Wealth is sponsored by Alpha Wealth Group. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors LLC and SEC registered advisor. WGN Radio and RWA are not affiliated. Here's WGN Radio's Elise Glink and Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino.
1: Hey, happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm a WGN radio talk show host, financial journalist, and the CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company.
2: And I'm Tom Fortino, the principal and founder of the Alpha Wealth Group right here in the Chicagoland area.
1: So every week we tell you this, but we are more than happy to take your questions, or if you just want to talk with Tom, uh, 630-934-1855, get out that paper and pencil. I'm sure we'll have a few other tips for you. Uh, you could also just go to alphawelfgroup.com, and when you're there, you can ask for your free retirement planning packet. So Tom, <laughs> big week with the Federal Reserve, uh, inflation going up, interest rates going up, you know... It's got me thinking, rising interest rates mean mortgages cost more, credit card debt costs more. We're really seeing sort of middle-upper class America struggling with credit card debt at the moment. And obviously, the costs of goods that are interest rate sensitive cost more. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I think rising interest rates are good for are for those living on fixed income accounts or who are buying bonds. You know, Mm -hmm. we like I-bonds. But considering that some people believe the Fed could raise interest rates three more times this year... How do you suggest we think about rising interest rates and making the most of our money with it?
2: Well, you bring up a good point. I mean, we've been living in this alternative universe since 2008, right? Quantitative (laughs) easing, right? Right. I mean, you go back to even the 90s, it sounds crazy. It's true. You could get 8% per year on a 10-year treasury.
1: No. No.
2: (laughs) And so, you know, there's some good and bad things. There's so many things that are happening, right? There's some distortions in this market. So. While we're going through, you know, some tough times here, and I think it may continue for a little while because we're we're feeling we're dealing with inflation, we're dealing with a uh, market that's down, and so on. But when it comes to interest rates, I think ultimately, when things t- start to settle, it could be a good thing because it is it has punished the savers, it has punished the people on fixed income, and I think, quite frankly, it just hasn't been a good thing. I think it's been shameful that it's happened to some of these people, especially on fixed incomes. Now, to your point, at least, it does provide some opportunities. You know, you can. Uh, I know it's not so much in the CD realm, but fixed annuities, for example, you could get a two-year fixed annuity. Some of them are paying three and a half percent or more. That's mm-hmm. pretty darn good considering right now, and that's principal protected. So for those people that are saying, "Look, I'd like to get," you know, in this market it's tough. I'm not saying you're going to be able to keep up with inflation, but there are things that you can do with that fixed portion you know, of your portfolio to say, "I want to," or, or your investments or savings to say, "I'd like to get something on it without risk." Well, these are technically. Um, There's no market risk. Uh, Three years are paying three point eight five, sometimes up to four percent. So yeah, there's some opportunities here on that fixed side to try and get something. I know we've we've hit upon the I bonds a few times that are inflation adjusted, but yeah,
1: but it's only ten grand right per person. Right, you're limited. These are
2: not limited at all. Yeah, at all. So
1: all right. So so definitely that's one thing to think mm -hmm. about. Um, When I think about you know bonds, and we've we've kind of you know. Bad talk them, bad mouth them a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> over our year or so of working together. Yeah, But it feels like, you know, we could be, you know, I keep seeing this idea that if you do a 60 40 split, that historically you'll be earning about 6% in a combined portfolio and not taking a lot of risk. But that mm-hmm. doesn't work in a world where inflation's 9 or 10%, right?
2: Well, I mean, you do have a negative real rate of return, and again, we've talked about this least on bonds right now. I don't know if you're going to be able to. Certainly, you know, the discussion is when you talk about a sixty forty. Historically, again, this year aside, you know, over a period of years, the market's going to be up, and that's been the, the one of the best hedges against inflation. So, you want a percentage of growth in your portfolio. The question is, what percentage are you comfortable with? Mm-hmm. And so. On the fixed side, you know, the things that you say, look, I want to have some type of volatility buffer here, especially if I'm nearing or in retirement when I'm the most vulnerable. This is where there's some opportunities to own some of these things. I, I you know, I mentioned the fixed annuities, which right now um, have some higher rates more than CDs. You can also look at indexed annuities, which actually are tied to an index and they some in some cases, you know, you get half of the index, if the index is up 15%, you'll get seven and a half. I mean, these are things to look at as part of your bond alternatives. Because right now, as you said, with rates continuing to potentially go up, we're talking about, you know, throughout this year, maybe three, two or three more rises. You know, the bond index is down, you know, roughly give or take, depending on what you're looking at. Bond index, just like a stock market index, they're out there. The aggregate bond index is down close to 10% this year. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh that 6040 portfolio you're referring to it's tough because you're saying well that 40 percent that's my that's my piece where it's gonna protect well not so much this year right right so these are things to look at some ideas to maybe these are not all or nothing suggestions you know it's I like got a portion do I want to do some of these things to protect my the, the protect my principal principle to try to get some return on it or some interest right and there's other things we can look at but um, you know, it's the old. I think was it Will Rogers? I think that said, "It's not so much a a, a return on my principal, but it's a return of my principal. I want to keep it right." So, um, these are things that we can try to do. You know, it's it's tough when inflation's nine percent, eight percent. Hopefully, that's going to come down a little bit here. But um,
1: well, that's the whole goal of you know the Fed, just kind of raising things. I you know I also think that you know, working with somebody, this is again a complicated time, right? You, mm-hmm. The last five years anybody threw anything at the market I think you made money, right? Mm-hmm. I mean anybody, I think the pet monkey could have made money this last five years. <laughs> um, but now is a more complicated time and so things that were working aren't And I find that this is the right time to meet with a financial advisor particularly if you're at a a milestone moment and what do I mean by a milestone moment? It's A point of inflection in your financial life. You're getting married, you're getting divorced, you're having a kid, you're thinking about retiring, you've got uh, debt you're taking on, debt you want to pay off, you want to buy a house, you want to buy a big you know, fancy boat, whatever it is, there's some sort of inflection point. And when you're in a market like this and you need to pull money from the right places, you need to think about how that money is going to grow while you're doing whatever it is you're doing, I think this is a perfect time to talk to a financial advisor. What do you think? I know this is like a layup question because you are a financial advisor, but um, you know Northwestern Mutual found that 54% mm-hmm. of Americans are somewhat or very anxious about their finances. And yet, when they work with a financial advisor, that drops mm-hmm. down to 46%. So you just you feel better because it calms down because somebody like you takes the burden of making mm-hmm. decisions that are uninformed, and that is mm-hmm. really what you are at this point. Everybody's uninformed, even me. You're uninformed about what could happen with all of these different things. And and so I think we have to take a break, but I, I think, Tom, what I'd like to do is talk a little bit more about why a financial advisor works. And then we can also Mm -hmm. do what I had planned for the second half of the show today, which is talk about how if you are thinking about your retirement money with sort of outdated savings rules, it could really cost you. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about all this stuff coming up next on the second half of This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino, and we are here to help you. Uh, give us a call, 630 934 630-934-1855. Or you can just go to alphawealthgroup.com and leave a question for Tom or for me, and we'll get right back to you. All right, so as we were going to break, we were talking about this anxiety that people mm-hmm. have and why I actually think when you're in a confusing time in the market, this is a great time to work for, work with, work for, work with a financial advisor. And, uh, you know, I do think that working with somebody else who can provide that objective view of your life, mm-hmm. of your financial life, is a really, really helpful thing. Um, and I, I just wanted to follow that up a little bit and, you know, Talk about, I know that people think that 10% or 9% inflation is kind of the worst case scenario. But you and I have been around long enough, Tom, to know that it's not necessarily the worst Mm -hmm. case scenario. And we certainly, if we go into a recession, which is not for sure yet, but looking very likely, you know, the market could come down further, interest rates could go up higher. You know, talk a little bit about how people can calm down and, and cope with whatever recession or mar- market or money anxiety they have?
2: Well, you know, it's really, a lot of it is just talking through some things and kind of providing some perspective. I mean, when we talk about the market, for example, and that's really not the overall, and that's one piece of your plan, right? We've talked about it many times, at least, you know, the mm-hmm. cornerstone of your plan is, especially when you're going into retirement, and the goal of going into retirement is, how am I going to create the income and have the income that I will not outlive? And so we want to understand that process. What is your income plan? We talk about the market, and I, and again, providing perspective. If I said to you, when the market drops, does it come back? And when it comes back, does it go higher? Yeah.
0: And so
2: then the question, right? And so the question is, well, why do we lose money in the market? And I know it's more, it's deeper than that. I'm not trying to, um, you know. Uh, you be simple about this and not really cover it in detail, but the point is to again provide perspective on. Uh, let's try to be as objective. I know emotions are tough when we look at this, but then maybe that'll provide some perspective on how are we investing and what is our investment plan. The other part of that is, you know, understanding your your income. I had someone in here just the other day. Um, you know, who had income coming in about sixty thousand between uh, um, the, the, the the two of them. This is income, and so when I I discern income from assets, because remember, income is coming in regardless of what you have in savings. Income is coming in regardless of your investments, regardless of what's happening in the market. So that's a pretty important part. Sure. So if I said to you, you have all the income you need in retirement, how would you feel? And so the question is, how many of us truly have an income plan? I think that that's so critical because. I, th- you know, I think it's going to help minimize the um, the emotions. I've had I had a couple in here. One time, they were both teachers. They had great um, uh, pensions. They weren't even touching investments. In fact, they were mm. saving, and they were both in retirement. So, I mean, that's a great. God bless. That's great. Most people yeah. don't have that. Right. But It's important to understand. Again, when I sat down with this individual, I said, "Here, you have." Um, you know, sixty thousand income. You need another thirty thousand from your investments. Well, you have one point two million in investments. Let's do the math here. Of course, I do a much deeper dive in analysis. But <laughs> right there, I said, "Do you see why, with proper planning, you should never outlive your assets?" And she said, "Yeah, I get it. That makes sense." You know, and just just those conversations of going through and providing perspective. Here's the income you have in here. Here's the assets. Here's the investments. Here's the overall plan. And we test that, of course, in much more detail and take in factors of all these things. But that's where it comes into uh, understanding. And I talk about, you know, in that report, the five pillars to your retirement plan, having an income plan, having an investment plan and a tax plan. Those are all part of it. So that's really the process of going through testing your plan, evaluating it, and eliminating some of that uncertainty, right? Providing clarity.
1: So one of the things that I think is really helpful also is to talk about, you know, people have seen enough online Google news stories about, you know, ways to think about your retirement savings. And a lot of this stuff may be outdated now, given where we are with inflation and how things have really ch- changed around. And, you know, we could talk about the fact that million, a million dollars should generate $30,000 of income every year, but, or maybe mm-hmm. even a little bit more. But, you know, the whole idea that you only need a million dollars for retirement. Used to be the gold standard. Maybe it's not anymore. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how you think about these sort of outdated but very popular rules that kind of go around the internet. You know, and what people yeah. should or should not pay attention to.
2: Well, I think the rules are are good on this level. I think they're good because they make people evaluate or start the process. Okay, what? Where do I stand? You know, if that generates that question as opposed to simply guessing or saying, Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty good. Um so from that standpoint whether it's I need 80% of what I'm currently making or I need a million dollars well those really don't apply there's a very general and so again you really have to take a look at I've made the comment before it's not about you know growing a pile of money and picking at it you really have to cuz there's no number guaranteed number if the market's down 50% plus it's taxable we really have to, again, consider creating income. So we've talked about it before. What are income sources? Well, Social Security is an income source. That's Again, that's a check that comes in every month. You and your, If you're married, you and your spouse. The second thing is pensions. That is an income source, and understand what your pension is. The third potential is using annuities, which can create a, a similar, almost a private pension. That's an income source that comes in. So you can use a portion of of your investments to create guaranteed lifetime income in fact joint lifetime income again for those that are married and so now you're starting to create this base a foundation on your plan and that's why i come back to this income plan piece of it because that's really the critical point point. and then of course you still have the investments we hope and then you have those that you can use if you need ten twenty thousand dollars to do the things you want to do take your family on a trip gift to your children or grandchildren for college whatever it might be but it's really um, understanding. Uh, first of all, what you need. <laughs> we, yep. that. Yep. we talked about that before, at least. But, really but sitting I'll, down and putting pencil to paper. Go ahead.
1: And and the whole concept of needing is sort of there's different levels of it, right? Bare minimum. Here's what I need. I've got mm-hmm. I've got taxes to pay, mortgage is done, but I got taxes. I got a you know new mm-hmm. car every once in a while, or I'm leasing a car. Uh, I've got you know utilities to pay. I've got to get somebody to mow the lawn because I can't push a lawnmower anymore. Like, whatever it is, there's like this basic level of need. And then there's all the other stuff you want to do. Golf, travel, see the kids, spoil your grandkids, whatever that is. And then there's this other piece that I think people don't plan enough for, Tom, and that's the what-if scenario, right? Mm -hmm. What if I need extra help at home? What if somebody goes into the hospital? What if – so medical emergency – Um, what if I have to raise my grandchildren? That's becoming a thing now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what if I, I, I I can think of a million. What if a tree Mm -hmm. falls and hits my roof and I have a deductible I have to pay? What if, uh, you know, whatever. And so how do you plan for the what ifs?
2: Well, the big what-ifs, you know, um, are the things like you said. What happens if a spouse passes away? What happens if there's a long-term illness? You know, this is that asset, what I call that asset protection piece. Now, f- as far as the things like you talk about, the screen door, the uh, i got to replace the garage door, or there's a broken window, or I have to do the furnace. Those are things that, you know, are ongoing. Those are not as, ca- as uh, the consequences I don't think are as severe, but, you know, you can work that in. I would say, you know, put a fudge factor into... Your retirement account or your, mm-hmm. what you need in income. Add $500 a month, or whatever the number is, or $10,000 a year to, to account for those things. And then, you know, the other things that are more severe, then you have to revaluate, you know, as I said, um, your life insurance coverage. I know we talked about that in the past, at least, you know, yep. I know it's not the fun thing to discuss and you don't really give it much thought, but I can't tell you how many people I've met with, which, thank God, that uh, the other spouse had put in, and some have passed away young you know it's it's not it's not a pleasant discussion, but when I see that they have nine hundred thousand dollars of, of this benefit that's going to help take them through the rest of their, their life, wow, it's pretty important. So I always sometimes say it's not the risk, it's the consequences, but we want to evaluate that piece of our plan to say, okay what like you say, I sometimes do, I call it the what ifs too. Mm-hmm. And this is all part of being organized and know what you have in place. Do you know what your life insurance coverage is? You know, and and is how important is what should you have in place and maybe buying a policy outside of where you work because it won't go through with you sometimes when you leave your work. Right. These are important things to think about in your plan.
1: Well, it, it's just so overwhelming for so many people, Tom. And it, it's such, such a pleasure to have you break it down for us like this. It's, uh, it's certainly for me. I get a lot out of it every week. These conversations that we have. Thank you so much for being my financial therapist. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, it's it, you know it's helpful. Even again, I've said this before. You know, even if you feel like you know a lot and you're well educated. Um, I think we're in a very uncertain world when it comes to money right now. It's mm-hmm. It feels unlike anything I've felt in the last 30 years of covering this stuff. And so just opening up these topics for conversation, normalizing it, I think it does a great service for everybody listening. And I hope, you know, if you are listening and you've got questions, Tom's a great person to talk to. Give him a call, 630-934-1855 or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com. Don't forget, you can always listen to our past episodes at wgnradio.com. Just click on the podcast button, and you can find me at bestmoneymoves.com, Tom at alphawealthgroup.com. That's it for this edition of This Week in Wealth. Uh, Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon.